This episode of Grease the Polls is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, where you can bet $5 on any sport and win $200 in free bets instantly. All you need to do is sign up with the link in the description, and you'll get $200 instantly after you place your first bet of $5 or more. Everyone could use some extra betting money, so don't let this opportunity go to waste. And with that, let's get into the episode. What's going on, everyone, and welcome into another episode of Grease the Polls. We got Eagles Commanders this week, fellas. Eagles Commanders. Um, so, unfortunately, we're not going to face Carson Wentz to the you know, dismay of most Eagles fans, I would assume, um, because we absolutely dominated them in the first match. You know, got nine sacks, didn't score until garbage time. Um, just a complete humiliation of our former franchise quarterback. Unfortunately, it didn't happen here, and unfortunately, it's not going to happen here um, because, you know, first of all, he's not playing this weekend. Second of all, he's probably not going to be in Washington next year anyway. So um, let me just ask you guys straight off the bat, does Taylor Heineke actually, you know, give Washington a, you know, a puncher's chance in this Week 10 matchup with the Birds? Uh, Brian, I'm going to go ahead and say, oh, all right, Frank. Really? Well, the floor is yours. The floor is yours. I'll, go, I'll, you t- I'll tell you. What, I'm going to jump in real quick here. So the reason why I think that Taylor Heineke actually gives them a better shot than Wentz is because Wentz is coming back next week. Known locker room cancer. Nobody likes him. They're going to play hard for Heineke in the hopes that they steal a win and Heineke keeps starting job. I don't think it'll matter. I think the Eagles are going to steamroll them. But I definitely think it's going to be closer than you'd expect. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't argue that. I think, I mean, they've been two and one since Heineke's been starting. Um, I mean, yeah, they nearly beat the Vikings. Near. I mean, yeah, they they were winning that game the entire way until you know Kirk Cousins came close. turned into Kirk Thuggins. You know what I mean? So, but overall, like, I'm not scared of Taylor Heineke. Like, he doesn't strike fear into me at all. I I think maybe he won't get sacked nine times because he's a little bit more mobile and just not as stupid as Wentz, but I mean, we're still, still shooting for four or five sacks, I'd say. And, you know, I, I, he's Owen two against the Eagles all time. Taylor Heineke is. So like, you know, I, I just think the Eagles are on a roll. I, I don't, I don't personally, like, I don't think it really matters. Like, I think this point spread is, is in, indicative of that. They're at, it's at 11 now. So like, I, I clearly think whoever you're putting back there, Wentz or Heineke, it's, it's the Eagles game to lose. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you take a look at this schedule up to this point, uh, everyone that we played, uh, and people say it's a really easy schedule. I tend to agree. I had them going 10-0 and 0 to start the season in my preseason prediction, which I still can't believe that they actually might prove me right. But out of all of the matchups we've had so far, this is our ninth game that we'll be playing. This is the one I'm least concerned about. And that even comes with Taylor Heineke, like Frank, the illustrious beer can brain, said, yeah, they're going to be playing harder for him. But that also comes with the fact that the, the, the Eagles, in recent memory, always get shredded by the most average player imaginable. It's never the stars. It's always a guy. And this is actually true for Philly sports in general. We had Austin Nola and the NLCS get a, a game-breaking base hit. We had TJ Warren drop 50 points on the Sixers in the bubble. 
And now Taylor Heineke has given us trouble. An aging Eli Manning gave, granted, a very different Eagles team trouble. This is just a trend with Philly sports and very average players. But even with all of that said, even with a team that's ready to go at the gates for their guy that they would rather play for over Carson Wentz, I'm not concerned in the slightest. It's prime time in Philadelphia. Fans will be going ballistic. And whether, I mean, yeah, Brian, would it be awesome to have Carson back in the mix and we just completely shit on him again in front of the home crowd? I mean, that would be poetry in motion, pretty much. But I guess we'll have to settle for shitting on Taylor Heineke instead. And that I can live with. That I can live with. And we'll be one win away from 10 and 0. And, uh, I mean, that would just be a magical start to the year. But right now, uh, Washington, I'm not even – I'm not concerned. Even though we talked about a little bit before the show, Chase Young potentially coming back. We saw he was practicing. Are you guys concerned about him at all? I, he could be on a pitch count. Who knows? But do you think he'll give us any trouble regardless of whether or not he plays? Well, for me, I think it depends – like what his availability actually is. I know he practiced last week. He's back on the practice field again this week. Um, so like, I, I think it's pointing towards him playing. There's no definitive answer out right now. Um, I think the most likely scenario, like you said, is kind of like a pitch count, you know, like he'll just be a rotational guy for him. Um, and overall, like, I mean, when he's going to be on Lane Johnson's side, no worries at all. Lane Johnson negates every single pass rusher he plays, hasn't given up a sack since 2020. I mean, the dude is, he's a machine. He's a machine. He just doesn't give up sacks, rarely gives up pressures. He's one of the best tackles in the game. Um, as far as Jordan Mailata is concerned, I think we all saw on Thursday night, you know, he can he can have his moments where it's like, what what are you doing? You know, like, I mean, he was kind of abused by Jerry Hughes against um, the Texans. And, like, is anyone putting Jerry Hughes in the same conversation as Chase Young? I mean, I, I know I am, or I'm not, so – with Mylotta, I can I can see him being had maybe here and there by Young, depending on if Young if Young is a hundred percent like yeah he probably will get a couple of times on Mylotta, um, but overall I think this offensive line is equipped to really handle any kind of pass rush, um, no matter who you have. Uh, I mean, we saw what happened with Micah Parsons a couple of weeks ago against Dallas, right? Completely took him out of the game, um, and I don't think Chase Young is the type of defensive player that can really impact an entire game plan, especially coming off a torn ACL like Micah Parsons does, right? We formulated our entire game plan to negate him, take him out of the game, make him, you know, have to think on his feet a little bit. Um, and I think if they have to do that with Young, they can, and I think they will. And I, I mean, there's no proof to tell me that they won't execute that at a high level, right? So overall, no. I mean, I would say my concern level with, with Chase Young is – is relatively low at this point. Yeah, I'm not losing any sleep over him being in the game. I, I think at the end of the day, you're just putting your faith in the offensive line to do what they've been doing all year. Uh, look what they did against Parsons, like you said. Like, I, I gotta, I, I gotta trust that you know the guys we have up front are going to do their job. I, I haven't seen any reason to suggest that. They're all of a sudden going to get torched. Uh, so definitely not losing any sleep about anybody on the Washington defensive line. No. This is what's so crazy, guys, is that 
usually at this point in an Eagles season, I'm a neurotic mess. I'm calculating our percentage uh, chance of making the playoffs. I'm overanalyzing our next matchup, seeing any way we can possibly win. Uh, but right now, I'm sitting here like without a care in the world. It, it's it, it, I feel like Alabama going against the Citadel with pretty much anyone we faced, <laughs> which is completely ridiculous considering we're in the National Football League. We're playing against literal professional athletes on a weekly basis, and I haven't been concerned in God knows how long. We're talking about one of the best defensive end prospects in the past decade, Drew J.J. Watt, Nick Bosa-level comparisons in terms of his quality on the defensive end. We don't even care. Great, he's coming off an ACL, but we're not even remotely concerned about anybody on that team. Scary Terry McLaurin, not so scary. I sleep fine knowing that he's coming up. And like, like Frank said, like we're not losing any sleep over any of these guys. And it's just, is it not a weird place to be for, you know, going into week 10 of an NFL season as an Eagles fan to go, I'm not even concerned. I felt more levels of concern. I felt more levels of, of, of focus and locked in on our matchups when we were, what was it? Nine and one as a, or 10 and one before we ended up losing to the saints in 2017 or the Seahawks, rather, uh, that was just – and even now I feel even less concerned. Like, what are you guys feeling just as an Eagles fan right now? Because we don't even really need to talk about Washington. Uh, I mean, we can talk about the betting lines. I'm always down to gamble. Of course, brought to you by DraftKings, points bet. We're partnered with every sports book here at the Liberty Line, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, you can get a sweet deal. But, guys – what the fuck is happening in Philadelphia right now for the birds? What in the world? Well, for me, it, it starts with Jalen Hurts. And it doesn't even start with the fact that he's played out of his mind and is an MVP candidate. Obviously, that helps a little bit. But I just think the mentality the dude brings to the team. Um, he's a far cry from what Carson Wentz was as far as just, like, approach to the game, mentality, team mentality. Um the dude doesn't give a shit about anything else except winning. And I just, I'm past the point of looking at a, a team like Washington or like a team like Chicago that we're going to see in a couple of weeks or Indianapolis and saying, oh, that could be a trap game. That could be a trap game. I'm past that point because I think Hertz has his team just supremely focused on who's next. Who's next on the schedule? What do we have to do to beat this team? Okay, let's go, you know, formulate the game plan and execute it. Um, and I think it's wearing off on everyone else. Um, I think Sirianni deserves credit for that as well. I think him and Hertz really have led the charge on just this entire cultural change that's happened within the organization. And everyone's bought in. And it, it's not only, you know, young guys who are buying in or the veterans. It's the entire team. Um, Jason Kelsey, who's been around the league, been through who like four different coaches here, right? He was drafted during Reed. I think, yeah, and – he might be the only one that was drafted during the read era that's still around. Um, but even guys like him um, completely bought in on Jalen Hurts, right? And that that's the sign of a, a just an, a universal leader, a guy, a leader of men. Um, I know that's cliche, but I, when I think of a leader of men, there, there's no one that comes to mind before Jalen Hurts. And, you know, uh, we can still even nitpick some of the flaws in his game. Um 
But as long as he's under center, I think he just gives everyone confidence. I think he has confidence in his teammates, which is huge as well. And he understands that it's a team effort to win every week. Like he's not going to go out there like Carson Wentz did and just try and do hero ball. I think he's progressed so much past that. It's insane. And like I said, I just think his mentality wears off on everyone else and he has us ready to roll every single week. And that's that Alabama in him. That is. That's Alabama. That's Oklahoma. Obviously, growing up as a coach's kid, he just has that He has that if factor from the mental standpoint. It's just – it's a beautiful thing to see because you're right, Ryan. It gives me such just ease of mind knowing like, – because it's not like he's Josh Allen. It's not like he's Patrick Mahomes. I don't think anyone's kidding themselves on that. But as far as, like, mental fortitude, I don't know if there's a quarterback in this league I'd have or one over Jalen Hurts and it's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing because not everyone can not everyone can have the mental fortitude to be the face of a franchise in this city you know we've seen it not only with Wentz we've seen it with Ben Simmons plenty of players throughout the years who just don't have what it takes to be here and like Jalen Hurts is unfazed by it I, I think he revels in it like he loves the pressure and that is just oh it's just I'm ready to go I'm ready for Monday night right now it's like a Joel Embiid level of loving the pressure, loving the city. Jo- is like he's up there with Joel Embiid and Bryce Harper in terms of just embracing what it means to be the guy in Philadelphia, and it's 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 really cool to watch. Frank, obviously, you know a thing or two about the world of Philadelphia sports. You've been around the block. When it comes to the birds, what what what's this like for you right now? Is this something else? Is this something new? Yeah, honestly, it's frankly terrifying um, to not be concerned about trap games. Like you know, the uh, the, the the Arizona game, for instance, was classic trap. Uh, team wasn't playing one hundred percent. Uh, and Hertz went out there and found a way to win. And if you look at him through his career, that's always the only thing he's ever really been worried about is finding a way to win, focusing on the game that's in front of him. I'd say, honestly, more than Embiid even, like in terms of like wanting to be a leader, like there's such a such an intense focus on only caring about winning and only caring about getting a little bit better week to week that man, his progression since since that loss to the Bucks in playoffs I was like done with him I was he kept doing that thing where he was turning around you know not looking downfield for receivers I, I felt like well it's time to move on Clearly, you know, he must have heard my criticisms and responded uh, in kind. So I'll take credit for how well he's performing, if necessary. Uh, man, he he just, it's like every week he's showing you that not only is he progressed, he's progressing. He's getting better. And I think it does come from, like you said, you know, Brian, coach's kid. He's just focused on what can I do next? What can I, what can I do better? Most of his post game speeches that they show like on social media, when they share them, it's always, 
he's he's upbeat and everything, but it's always you know we we know we can do better. We know we can play better. This is us not at our best, and we won. And I, that, that man, that's injected in my veins. Like that's awesome. That's, that's what we want to hear. Yeah, and, and that's another thing you you brought up a good point there is there have been games where we haven't played at our best, right? Like. I would say the Texans game last week, we didn't play at our best. You know, there's, yeah. I mean, there's no reason we should have even been tied going in halftime. But even then, nope. I, I had full com Like, I wasn't, I, I was watching the game with my brother. I remember him just being like, this is bullshit, this, that, and third. And I was pretty calm, cool, and collective. I'm like, dude, we're, we're going to win. You know, like, we're going to win this game. It's fine. Like, we're fine. Like, I, I it's crazy. It's a crazy thought process to have because I'm, I'm with Conway. Like I'm usually a total mess at this point in the season. And, you know, more often than not, we're like 500 fighting for a playoff spot. Right. But now it's just like full steam ahead. And I really don't, you know, like inevitably, maybe, you know, maybe we do go undefeated, but more often, more likely than not, we will face a loss at some point, but I don't know if there will be a week where I'm going into it thinking, you know, this could be the week we lose, right? Like, I think every single week could be a win. And I just think we're talented enough. We have the leadership in place, the coaching staff in place. It's all fallen, you know, it's the dominoes have fallen in our favor, 100%. Absolutely. I mean, just keep waiting for the other shoot drop. Oh, that's the thing is that, I mean, that's what we're so used oh, yeah. to as Philly fans is we're so used to. Okay, here's the, uh, you know, extreme highs give way to extreme lows. Uh, that was the definition of the World Series uh, homestand. We had the extreme highs, and that gave way immediately to a no-hitter and then a pretty pathetic offensive outing uh, the next time around. But that's neither here nor there. We're here to talk about the birds. And, guys, like, Jesus Christ, I'm looking at our remaining schedule. Obviously, on the 14th of this month, we host the Commanders on Monday Night Football. But then we go on the road to Col- to play the Colts. We host the Packers, who are toast. We host the Titans, who are just awful. The first good team we play, maybe all season, outside of the Vikes, is the Giants. And they're are they even truly good? Or is that – see, that's the thing. And I understand, like, I understand that that's the same argument they use for the Eagles. But I've I, I just – I'm so skeptical that the Viking that the Giants will ever be good. I'm so – just because of what I've seen out of that team after that boat picture. I understand it's a completely different organization outside of the ownership at this point pretty much. But, my God. And then it continues. We go on the road to Chicago – we go on the road to Dallas and then Saints Giants both at home to end the year. And do we lose maybe two of these remaining games? Yeah, but I'll tell you the ones we lose. We lose probably to the Cowboys and we lose maybe to the Giants at the end of the year. And I still feel like our backups beat the Saints backups because we will be good to go pretty much uh, for the rest of the year. Hold on. Hold on. I feel like somebody needs to wash your mouth out. So what? Did you just grant the Cowboys a win? Yeah, because we'll be playing our backups on Christmas. <laughs> That's the thing. That's the only reason I'd ever give them a win is because we're not going to be playing anybody of note by the time 
late December rolls around. And when we face uh, the the Giants and we face uh, – yeah, we face the Giants, we face the Cowboys, fuck it. Like, they have more to play for than we do. And then our backups will probably be playing the Saints backups because they're terrible. They'll be tanking, and we'll still probably win anyway. Well, That's that, where know, I stand. That's, that Saints and, game and, is is important for draft standing. We, like, we want to beat them to make that, that draft pick. You know what? That's, That's so true. pretty huge. I think it's six overall right now. And six overall right now. Like, first of all, I mean, in all honesty, I think resting starters for your last two games, even if we have it wrapped up, like a little much. Like, I don't think I want them having an entire month off before the first yeah. playoff game. The last game of the season, I would play them a half, get them out of there. Unless we're going for an undefeated record, then it's all bets are off. Let's fucking go for it. But um, yeah, the Saints game. You want to play for that draft positioning. And as far as, like, trying to pinpoint where a loss may come, I mean, if we're being honest with ourselves, Dallas is probably the one you look at because it's in Dallas, Christmas Eve. They want, they want to prove something, you know. Obviously, we still even have something to prove in that game because we beat them with Cooper Rush, right? Um, and like you said, Conway, like, the Giants, they're a feel-good story for sure. I like, you know – even though he's in a Giants uniform, it's nice to see Saquon bounce back, have a good year, you know. Absolutely. Yada yada yada. But at the end of the day, they still have a backup quarterback in Daniel Jones, right? He's a backup quarterback. He's Mitchell Trubisky 2.0. He's going to be a backup in no time. They're being carried by Brian Dable, the head coach, who's just scheming the shit out of their offense right now. And credit where credit's due, like Dable is a hell of a coach. He's a great coach. He has Alabama ties. I mean, he deserves a lot of credit for the way Josh Allen progressed um, during his days in Buffalo. Um, he's a great coach. And, like, I will say they are in good hands with him. And if they do get a good quarterback, they will be a decent football team. But as far as this year is, like, Daniel Jones, look, man, I, if I were a Giants, if I was running the Giants, um, the day after – that game in 2020 where he tripped on the five yard line with no one within 15 yards of him against the Eagles. I would have cut him the next day. Like you're just not, you're not NFL quality, bro. You're not NFL quality. If you can't stay on your feet with no one around you and you trip, like that's, that might be the most embarrassing play. Like I've ever actually seen in an NFL game. Luckily there were no fans in the stands cause it was a COVID year. Otherwise he would have, I can't imagine what the Philly fan reaction would have been during that game, even though the oh. Eagles were fucking terrible that year. But still, like Lost from that moment on, I've I've been so out on Daniel Jones as ever working as their quarterback. I'm surprised they've stuck with him as long as they have. Um, and even though he's playing marginally better than he has because of Dable, like it shouldn't be enough to keep him. But in my you know in my Eagles brain, I. I almost hope that he plays just well enough for them to kind of be out of position in the draft where they can't really get a guy and they reese they sent, you know, Saquon's on a contract year, send him all that fucking money. Give give your running back all the money, you know, make that classic mistake of just re-signing your running back to a fucking huge deal and then pick up Daniel Jones rookie option and just, you know, I, I hope that's what they do. If they're smart, I that's hope not they what extend they do, it. But, I hope they yeah. give him a Tannehill type deal. <laughs> yeah, right. Like give him give him a hundred million dollar deal, right? Like 
You know, who like imagine a world where the Giants pay Daniel Jones before the Ravens pay Lamar Jackson. Like that could happen. That could that's actually a world, happen. That's a world I want to live in. Solely yeah, for the I, jokes that will ensue. Yeah, that like that's magic. That would be magical. Um, and only the Giants like would pull off some that fucking stupid and think that it's a smart idea. You're right. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's the, I mean the NFL is a fucking weird league. I don't know, but yeah. As far as just like looking ahead, you know, like I think we kind of touched on this in the last episode. Like, who the fuck? Like we're fucking fans. We have no impact on how this team operates. I know the team's not looking ahead. We can look ahead all we want. We can talk oh, about yeah. undefeated all we want. It doesn't really matter. None of us are suiting up on Sunday, Monday, or Thursday to go out there and play. So, um, as long as they're focused on every game. That's great. I don't think they're looking ahead. I, I would imagine, like, we just spent, you know, half an hour almost on Jalen Hurts having the team focus game to game. So I don't think that's the case for them. But, yeah, mm. um, as far as, like like you said, as far as, like, trying to pinpoint where the loss may come, it's probably Dallas. But at the same time, like, I'm going to have supreme faith in the team to go in on Christmas Eve and give me an early Christmas present. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to predict a loss, right? I wouldn't do that. That's fair. Yeah. No, I mean, it. odds are it'll be something stupid that leads to them having their first loss that we aren't even considering because, you know, we don't have the ability to look into the future. Uh, for all we know, they could lose on Monday night. Some freak thing could happen. I don't think that'll happen because – Historically, over the past few seasons, they've dominated Washington. Um, and I, I think they're just so much better. But, yeah, trying to trying to predict where, if the loss will happen, which is a crazy thing to say, if. But, honestly, when the team's rolling like this, you can't assume anything. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm starting, to, I'm starting to talk myself into thinking they're going to go 17-0. And that's fun. Just, you know, get myself all worked up. Do it. Up. Get There's yourself no worked up. Uh, there's no well, there, there's no risk. Look at the name of the podcast. I have, I'm not putting money on it. I'm just telling myself that maybe they could do it. Look, I don't uh, think, not, it's not maybe, Frank. They are going to do it. They're going undefeated. Let's the say, let's say, let's show, say, let's guarantee an undefeated season. The polls, all right? And we only do that if we win a fucking championship or an NL pennant, okay? We don't grease the polls for a divisional round. NFC championship game, NLCS, and then from there, maybe an undefeated season we grease a poll. But we're going all the way at this point. I have no other choice but to believe that. Based on what I've seen, the NFC is dog shit. The first time in, in, in 10 years that the NFC has been worse than the AFC, and it's not even close. And even then, the AFC is dog water. It's dog water. It really is. And you put us up against any team at the top. You put us up against the Bills. You put us up against the Chiefs. You put us up against who else is towards – I mean, uh, Bengals are all right. Baltimore, maybe. Everyone else, they can – I mean, it's not going to be a problem. So right now, all we have – I mean, like you said, Frank, Jalen Hurts is progressing. He's getting better as we speak. So – and we're only 10 weeks in. This is the 10th week of the season. 
You got eight more weeks to go. How good is he going to be at the end of this season before the playoffs even start? We are only witnessing what this team can become. The first four games were pretty much preseason because our starters didn't do shit in preseason. They did, and there's a lot of new pieces here. A lot of, or at least, if not brand new, pretty damn close to new. And they're all learned, they all had to learn how to gel together. Guess what? They went four now. And guess what? Now we're eight now. And we've got a lot more work to do. But, like, the fact that this team is where they're at and they all know, they all know that they are not where they could be is something that, you know, should scare the shit out of everybody else in the NFL. Truly. does not matter who you are. does not matter who you have as a head coach or who you have under center or who you've got in your secondary. Fuck off. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to shit on you 99% of the time. Based at, as currently constructed, with the momentum we've got going on, I'm not concerned about anybody until we bench the starters. And uh, we'll see when that happens. We yeah. shall see. Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. I mean, I don't really even have anything to add, Conway. You pretty much killed it. Um, yeah. <laughs> We're, like, I, like, it's just a wonky – like, the NFL – the way it's built this year or just the landscape of the NFL, it's just a weird, it's a weird vibe, right? Geno Smith is playing really well. We already mentioned Giants, like even the Jets. I mean, the Jets just beat the Bills. Like it's a weird vibe type of season. And, you know, the typical guys you see at the top, the Rogers, the Brady's, um, even like a team like the Rams, like they're just nowhere to be found. And, like, it reminds me of that year when we went to the Super Bowl, right? Like, I think we all remember that picture of – it was, like, the four quarterbacks in the NFC cha- – or in the championship games for the AFC-NFC. It was, like, Blake Bortles, Nick Foles, Case Keenum, and then Tom Brady, right? Like, <laughs> this year it could be Geno Smith, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, and I don't know, maybe Patrick Mahomes, right? Like, the one real standout guy. I guess Lamar Jackson would con- – be considered a real standout guy too but you get my point right like you yeah. could see a geno smith in the in an nfc title game um jalen hurts for that matter i mean jalen hurts is you know i know he's had a great year but at the same time i still think there are people that are like you said frank earlier like waiting for that shoe to drop on and waiting for him to be exposed again and conway you pointed out the fact that like we haven't played our best yet and like people national pundits will use that as an indictment against the Eagles when in reality it should really be everyone else around the league shitting their pants because if we're 8-0 and and we haven't even really reached our peak yet I mean what does our peak look like then right I mean you really can't get better than 8-0 so what does that look like like does that look like we're beating teams 31 to nothing every week like I mean we already have beat the shit out of teams throughout the year I know we've had close ones here and there but I mean, for the majority of our season, I think five out of eight wins have come by double digits. So, you know, I, I just – it should, the rest of the team should be – or the rest of the league should be horrified. The fact that we haven't really put four quarters of just excellent football together, except for I – mean, I, I don't know. I, I, maybe you could say, like, the Vikings, but even the Vikings game, we didn't really score in the second half. But other than that, like, yeah, I – we're just a dominant football team, and it's pretty fucking sick. Yeah, we are 
approaching, if you guys remember that, I'm sure you do, uh, in that 2017 season when we dropped 50 on the on the on the Bears, and then I think we dropped 50 on the Broncos again. We had two back that we we had a back to back 50 piece with defensive, you know, excellence, uh, a lot of turnovers, and just running the ball at will, really doing whatever we wanted at will. And I do think that that that's the kind of stretch that we are approaching, where we are putting it all together. Because I mean, like I, we're we're technically four we're like four weeks into the season for this team in terms of gelling. Obviously, we're, we we played eight games and we won all eight, but those first four really were preseason, and now we're re- and then now we really got the four uh, that you know we ended up getting some meaningful wins, and then now is the time I think uh, you know I reg- even if this doesn't happen, I'm so confident in our chances, but right now is when everybody should be terrified. Right now is when if you're playing us, you better study the fuck up, like you better prepare yourself for what's about to happen because i mean aj brown had three touchdowns in a game he's like i could have more he could have. like he could have he had a big drop like yeah. he, it's absolutely ridiculous what this team is capable of and we're gonna see it we're gonna see it very very soon yeah. and uh i'm looking forward to it. It, it it's getting to the point where i sit down not not to my stomach for an eagles game but i just kind of sit down have a nice beer open. I'm like, all right. I'm just like, I'm watching Saturday morning cartoons. Like, it's just like, it's, a it's the 2017 vibe. It's the same it vibe is. as 2017. It's just like every Sunday. It's like, all right, let me sit down, grab a beer, you know, smoke a little, you know, smoke a little weed before the game. Let me get ready to go. And it's just all, it's like we're you know all holding hands around a fire saying kumbaya. It's like the whole it's, <laughs> it's the exactly entire vibe on Sunday, and it's just I'm not really <laughs> expecting anything different on Monday night. I'm really not. So let me just ask you guys. We we've you know we kind of we 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 just did a whole like retrospective on the season to this point, but let's get back to the Washington game. Do you guys have final score predictions? I got one. Let's hear it. So, I think my final score is going to be, this is based on historical analysis of the scores of the past three games they played against Washington. I think that final score is going to be 27 to 13. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a scoregami. It's, it's, it's probably a scoregami somewhere. Ryan, what, what do you think? I'm going... I think I gotta go like, like thirty-eight to ten. <laughs> Birds, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't even want to say they score a touchdown. I really want to say thirty-eight to nine, and they get three field goals. That's yeah. really like, but I mean, you know, Gannon, you know, Jonathan Gannon. Sometimes the scheme, regardless of how fucking good our secondary is, we're gonna get some guys open underneath, and they might score a garbage time TD, which is why I go. Yeah. 38 to 10, 38 to 13 range, but I really, really wanted to be 38 to 9. And if that's what it is, then that's what I chose. But 38 to 10 is my final answer. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty similar to the first time we saw him. Um, I know they had, like, you know, we mentioned Chase Young possibly being back, Taylor Heineke being under center. Definitely lights a at least somewhat of a fire under their asses. Um, but at the end of the day, they, they're still the same old Washington 
whatever, whatever you want to call them. They're just wild. Doesn't matter what their name is. Yeah, it doesn't they're matter Washington. what their fucking name is. Football team, commanders, whatever. Um, they're still the same old Washington. Dan Snyder's still running the show, even though it might not be much longer, but he's still running the show there. So, yeah, I think they're going to cover that 11-point spread. Um, I'm going to go 33-13, to 13, I think is what I'm going to go with. I think they will score a garbage time touchdown. I think it'll probably be they get two field goals, maybe halftime it's like, 14 to six, you know, like it's relatively close, but you're still feeling really good. And I think in the second half, the Eagles come out, uh, run the ball like they can against any team. Um, and you know, just get their playmakers involved. Goddard Smith, Smith had his best game of his career the last time he saw Washington. So maybe we see another slim reaper, just domination. Um, that would be nice. I always, you know, I love, I love watching AJ Brown dominate, uh, partly cause he's on my fantasy team, but, I love me some Devontae Smith. I love me some Devontae Smith. And yeah, man. I, yeah. I want to get, I, you know, I want to get the little guy involved. I, lo- I love when he just, like, it's just, it's nice knowing. I, I don't want to go on tangent for too long, but it's nice knowing even when A.J. Brown isn't getting 100 yards a game, you have a guy on the other side of the field who could be a wide receiver one for like half the league, right? Like, yeah. It's insane. And like, when's the last time that's ever been a fucking thing, right? Like, we we've been hard never? pressed to find one guy. I actually think never. I think yeah, I never. can't think of a single time it's been like that here. Yeah, like we've been hard pressed to find one guy, right? Like AJ Brown's probably the best overall receiver since To we've had here, and then Devontae Smith is. Yeah, I mean he's probably the best since like D Jack at least, right? Like or Macklin, like in that that era of football. Like, yeah, it's uh it's pretty fucking sick. So yeah, all right, so we're. 3-0, all of us predicting Eagles wins. Um, I have no doubt that we'll me. all be correct. Regardless of our scores, we're definitely going to get the win. I'm not really uh, – like like, yeah. like I said, like we've all said for the past 37 minutes and 40 seconds, we're not we're not concerned. No, we really not are concerned. not. Not concerned. We all think they're going to cover the 11 points. Uh, it's all fucking sunshines and rainbows over here, baby. It's all gravy. Um, so before we close out, we wanted to talk a little bit about the craziness – going over going on over on uh elon musk's new social media platform not new but i guess branded the new the new musk thing that he's created in twitter and it doesn't really affect philly sports at all so like i'll just get that out of the way right off the bat it doesn't affect philly sports but it's just like guys who follow sports obviously affects us because if you're not aware the twitter blue thing you can pay eight bucks a month. You can get verified, and it's just a lot easier for trolls to make themselves look legitimate. Um, I don't know where these motherfuckers come from. I don't know what their prerogative is. Maybe it's just to be a troll. I don't know. It's the psychology of a crazy person. I'm not a psychologist, so I'm not. I'm not one to say. But um, I will say it's been pretty fucking hilarious seeing some of these people um, impersonate everyone so i'm gonna hold on let me let's see i'm gonna pull up the twitter um yes and let's get into it here this is truly some let's of the go. most remarkable shit of all time yeah, it is uh, so just before before we dive in i i do want to say like this is really just an unpro oh, dude you're i love your twitter profile picture but i'm so thank you <laughs> i you made that at that. my a, desk at russell yeah. Ratiz. Yeah, it was immediately, I had to immediately throw it in as my oh, Twitter profile picture. So, I mean, right off the bat, as you guys can see, I mean, 
Yeah. I mean, people are impersonating George W. Bush. Um, Twitter so bio what if says, I did 9-11? So what if I did 9-11? Um, it's just, it really just is complete mayhem. You have Ted Cruz and fa- like a fake Ted Cruz and a fake Ben Shapiro going back and forth. Um, <laughs> I I guess I'll just read these out loud. I mean, they are, they are insane, but... Uh, Ted Cruz said, the first time I entered my human, my human wife, I said, groaning into her ear, this is exactly how my mother said it would feel. And fake Ben Shapiro replies, OMG, you got me kind of horny right now, Mr. Cruz. And then Mr. Cruz replies, have you ever tasted the entrails of a man, Ben? There is no carnal pleasure as delectable. These people are insane. These people are insane. I don't know how they come up with this shit, to be honest with you. Like, like, I just don't know. I just don't know. You have George W. Bush tweeting that he missed killing uh, Iraqis, you know, throwback to the early 2000s. Um, let's just click on this thread because this is where the thread really starts here. Um, yeah. Twitter Blue I mean, has been such a success. It really has. And, like, th- we kind of talked about this when we were, like, brainstorming for this episode. I don't know how Musk's brain trust didn't, like, foresee this coming. Um, I mean – like, how would you not have known, right? Like, how would you not have known that this was what was going to happen? With it's these kind people? of so. I don't. I don't want to jump in too over yet, Ryan. But I, I kind of touched on this a little bit when we were talking about it. Is Musk's like historically has made these kinds of decisions uh, when he was in charge of PayPal. He spearheaded their credit card program and his thought process was we're going to get as many people signed up for credit cards as possible that'll make us the most money and basically torched any minimum credit requirements and as a result they had something like 50 percent chargebacks meaning that like half of the people that they signed up for credit cards just didn't pay their bill so they took like insane losses so Musk has a tendency to, you know, I mean, this dude always talks about going to Mars and stuff. He's got these big ideas, and he he shoots high, and sometimes he misses by a lot, you know. And Twitter Blue, I think, is a big miss. Yeah. Although I do love it, I think it's hilarious. I mean, it's it's yielded some of the funniest shit of all time. But it is funny. You say he has big ideas, and in that PayPal example, yes, I mean that is an idea. He had an idea there, but this doesn't. I didn't say even, it's good idea. No, yeah, but big but idea. This doesn't even feel like an idea. It just feels like a, like a not even like something he thought about and then did. I feel like he was just like, let's fucking do this and see where it goes. And I'm like, how did you not like? This is the biggest no shit moment. Like a like this is the the, the most real world example of play stupid games, win stupid prizes. And that's exactly their stupid prize is going to be a fine in the billions from the Federal Trade Commission based on what's going on. Overpaid like crazy. He overpaid like crazy for Twitter. And he's trying to recoup loss. His financial guys, like him and his financial guys, they're trying to recoup as much as they can. And the easiest way to do that, you see it with lots of things, is oh, we're just going to switch to a pay model. You can't make. You can't make Twitter cost money, but what you can do is, oh, you can sell the blue check mark. Everybody wants the blue check mark. Everybody's going to buy that. So, Except us. We're not going to buy that. The, no. 
No, we'll never do that. Never. Uh, I might. We'll see. I shouldn't say never. If I get enough course lights in me, I mean, you can get Twitter blue. Just yeah, there are less, buy, it, you know. buy it, fuck it. There are less detrimental drunk purchases. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I... I'm positive I've made them. <laughs> so, yeah, he, it, this is just like, I don't want to call it a money grab because it's a business, like trying to make money, but he's trying to goose his revenue as much as possible. And the way that he's doing it is by selling the blue check mark, pretty much, you know, without any kind of, um, there's a thing where if you click on it, you can see like this person got it because they're a notable person. This person got it because they paid for it. Like, that's it. That's the only way you can tell the difference. Again, I don't care. I think it's hilarious. I loved it when I saw the fake Adam Schefter tweet about, um, <laughs> about Josh McDaniels getting fired because I believed it for a second. That was good work. Yeah. Yeah. I think that someone impersonated the literal Pittsburgh Steelers and tweeted out that Kenny Pickett passed away. Like, that's that was fucked. That was yeah. fucked that's, up. That's, that's was pretty fucked, fucked up. up. And like, it's like Jesus Christ, man. Like, it's one thing to talk about just like, you know, fucking and and you know farts and dicks and shit. Like, the, like most of the tweets <laughs> that we're looking at, but like, yeah, I don't need. I don't need to hear that Kenny Pickett might have died. Like, Jesus Christ. That's what I'm saying. Like, some of these people are literally insane. Um, but here's the thing. Here, here's my stance on whatever twitter is um the fact that like people take this shit seriously at all is that in itself is hilarious to me um twitter is a hellscape full of people who are are all crazy we are all insane for even being on social media it's the craziest concept ever to be thrust into the mainstream of society so like the fact that like some people actually think that any of this actually matters or that it's like that twitter should ever be taken seriously like what i want from twitter is this i want ridiculous stupid shit that i can just go on and laugh at and get my mind off of the bullshit going on in the world that actually does matter right like i don't need to go on twitter as like my relief from real world bullshit to just see more real world bullshit, right? Like, no, that's not, not what fake, I'm here for. Not fake. Nobody real wants world that. Bullshit. It's terrible. That's the worst part about this fake. Because, like, at least like ball sack sports, like it was, it started funny, and then it became like a, something a little bigger than itself. But then people started to kind of jack that format where it just became just posting lies, like not even satire, just. Just posting yeah. bullshit, which in this format, like with OJ Simpson tweeted saying, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I did that shit. Like that is fucking <laughs> hilarious. That is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Followed up with fake Dave Chappelle saying trans women are women no longer team turf, y'all. I don't even think yeah. Dave Chappelle has an actual Twitter, which makes that even funnier. Yeah. It's great. But like that when you keep it like that, when you keep it to Rudy Giuliani saying, Nancy Pelosi and I do not agree on many things, but then Fang's thang and I tell you what, that, that <laughs> that's is, comedy that, gold. That's a special moment in human history. 
I, I really love possible. Nintendo of America tweeting out just Mario flipping everyone off. I love Mario would never do that. <laughs> I love yeah. the response. Mario to that. would never do that. I love the response to that from somebody that said Mario would never do that, and they responded, "But he just did. <laughs> he just did, dude. Bitch. It's just that, and that's Bitch. that's the thing is like, why why would you want Twitter to be a serious spot where like." everything is just like people impersonating the pope like jesus christ like it's that's that is hilarious to me like i don't i don't know why anyone would ever want twitter like the whole idea that twitter is the you know the public square or that yeah like come on now like why why would anyone actually want twitter to be a serious thing right like the best people on Twitter are the best are the people who just make fun of other people and point out the ridiculousness in our actual real life world. Not, you know, like I would, if this app just turned into a bunch of fake Ted Cruz's, Ben Shapiro's and political actors who were just tweeting out the most outlandish shit. Um, I will take that 100% of the time over actual politicians trying to be funny on this app and, you know, just, actually actually spewing some stupid shit while while they're running our country I'm, right like, i'm so sick of the i'm so sick of the zingers on twitter like i liked it at first when fetterman was jabbing at oz just because fuck that guy like dr oz is just a chode but like even after a while i was like bro like they had a they dm'd me on twitter asking for a donation i was like get the fuck out of here like get oh off God. of twitter but and you guys yeah you guys are like yeah elon musk wants to make it the most accurate source of information on the planet i'm like bro that's what fucking newspapers are for now granted they're not that as well they're rags 90 percent of the time i mean we saw what the philly voice puts out yeah. on a weekly basis last fucking episode uh, so it's, it's clear nobody actually cares about journalistic standards at this point, but Twitter is definitely not supposed to be the most accurate source of information. Not granted. It's become a source of just absurd lies and fake news 90% of the time for a laugh. And, but him adding just you, anyone can have a blue check mark. All he did was make it worse, which is where I go back to. This was not even an idea. And this is, it was not, he did not even have an idea because that would be giving him too much credit for what this was. I really was like everyone bitching about Elon taking over Twitter. I was like, shut up. I was like, shut up. It'll be fine. It'll be the same. Just shut the fuck up. Just this different guy that owns it. And then he changed it immediately and fucking fucked it. I was just like, okay, well, never mind. Maybe they had a point. Maybe they had a point. Maybe but, they did have a point. They were like, when this place goes to shit, I'm like, can you guys stop it? This is like if Trump gets elected, I'm moving to Canada. Yeah, right. Nobody yeah. actually did that. People might actually be leaving Twitter if this continues. Like, people well, might they are. I think, I think that's why they're doing it is because advertisers are like, yo. Um, oh, advertisers a- are already out. Yeah, yeah. you're definitely right well, about that. Oh, that's why what's going to happen is it's going to revert back to how it was. It was too much of an ad revenue engine for it to stay like this forever. Um, even if it does collapse and something that's identical is take its place, basically. It's I, I know that on the on paper they lose billions of dollars every year, but that's 
there's no way that's not that's not real that's not real money that they're losing they're making tons of money it's just yeah they're they're going to be fine and yeah it was a it, it was a very stupid idea it was a, you know reptilian his reptile brain is like i just paid 44 billion dollars for this website that's not even remotely worth it how can i make some of that money back and I, you know what? It provided us with a lot of laughs. The the Joe Biden talking about how he has lotion on his hands right now. Come on, that's brilliant. Is, I love it. It's brilliant. And honestly, it's times like this where you're like, like if Trump was still on Twitter, um, oh, like you would honestly right. be hard pressed to be like, is that real? Like, right? Like, like did he actually say that? Like some Nobody, of these. I mean, yeah, I don't think dude. he would. He would tweet out that he missed killing Iraqis, like the fake. Sh- fake george w bush did but like they're all he would have he really was a parody account he was a parody account in himself right like he's a parody him his his whole being is a parody so like him just on twitter was just an extension of that and like from our standpoint right like in the world of sports like we talked about the adam Schefter one we talked about the kenny pickett one like i can see like it's going to be annoying when we hit free agency period like the MLB free agency is about to come up. Granted, oh. MLB free agency isn't really as like mainstream as the NBA or the NFL, but like I can't imagine the NFL trade deadline when they just passed, where there was a record amount of trades. What that would have looked like had Twitter Blue been in, like instituted right as that began. Um, really, the only solution, like if they don't somehow correct this. I think really the only solution from our standpoint is really to just turn on notifications for like Adam Schefter and like Ian Rappaport, right? Like just turn on notifications for the guys. So like you'll get notifications whenever they drop something. So you won't fall into the trap of thinking Josh McDaniels got fired after nine games of being the head coach of the Raiders, right? Like that part I can understand. Like that part is probably going to be annoying for people, especially people who like us, like we kind of secondary report shit. So like, it's like we have, we rely on this shit a lot. So that's just my two cents. I guess if anyone's out there looking for a way to maybe not see all fake shit all the time, but I mean, who, who can beat Mario flipping you off? Like that's, that's awesome. That's what I opened Twitter for. I opened Twitter to see, you know, a childhood icon flipping me off. I mean, yes. And yes. Yeah. What else what now, else can you actually ask for? There's there's not much that you can ask for, but I do have one question. Uh, I do feel we're nearing the end of the show here, so I do just want to get this out. Uh I'll start with Frank. Uh did OJ do it, yes or no? A hundred percent. Absolutely. Do you have any idea the skill that it takes? Like like not a skill necessarily, but like, you know, the the damage he inflicted on those poor people, that's all pro strength. That's Hall of Fame strength. Heisman strength. You show me any show any run of the mill uh you know assassin or whatever that would have done that. No, they're not they're not doing the job like that. That was just pure brutal strength. He, he nearly decapitated his wife. Come on. Yeah. Uh, Brian, OJ do it, yes or no? Well yeah. Yeah, I mean absolutely. I mean yeah, um, I mean, look. If here's the thing, like you, you mentioned, like the, Frank, you mentioned like assassins and stuff. Like, if OJ was born in uh, 
this is just this is random as fuck. But say he was born during you know like the Mongol the Mongolian rise where they were going into China. Like he would have been at the front of that line. He would have been the and one of the leading soldiers leading the charge. And like, I mean, for all we know, China would have built the Great Wall because of OJ, not because of Attila the Hun or whoever the fuck it was. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we all we all. That's the fucked up part about our world is we all know, we all know he did it, but we still we will still go on his Twitter and laugh at the stupid shit he has to say. I will watch his minute and a half to two minute long videos on whatever topic it is, um, because it's okay and it's fucked up. It is so fucked up, and all of our brains are are dead. We're all brain dead human beings, but like, yeah, that's. That pretty much just encapsulates the world we live in. The fact that we have this guy named OJ Simpson who won the Heisman, was one of the first running backs to ever run for 2,000 yards in a single season, and um, get away with murder, write a book about how he would have done it if he did it, and you know, quote unquote, um, joke about it in interviews, and then be like, yeah, man, like, let's. Uh, Let's just like this. This guy's cool. Like whatever. You know, this guy's like, chill. Yeah, it's like Gives whatever, it. man. That's like when people see. Like I told you guys before we started recording. Like I have a friend who saw OJ at a bar once, and like the fact that he's like, oh shit, oh, that's fucking OJ Simpson. It's not like like I like obviously your first thing goes to oh that's, I mean that's a guy who fucking got away with murder, but it's also like. Oh wow, that's a fucking celebrity, OJ Simpson. Holy shit, that's kind of crazy, right? Like it's not that's like Buffalo Bills legend, OJ like, Simpson. Why? Why is it's not like? Wait, why is this guy here? Like, how is this guy even allowed to be here? You know, like it's not that. It's oh shit, this is a celebrity right there. Let me get a picture of him to send to my boys, right? Like that's that's where our minds go to. And um, yeah, I mean we're all sick human beings. Uh, I guess if. If you've you listened to this this long of the episode, if you're at the 57 minute mark and you haven't taken that away, <laughs> um, then I mean, I'm just saying I'm giving you it's like, you know, it's like the end of a movie where they kind of lay out the theme for you, like without being subtle. Um, this is me, doing <laughs> that, you know, like uh, we are. This is me being a very like hands on director and being like, look, we need to really hammer this point home. So. Yeah, you've you've almost reached Ferris Bueller at the end of the movie, going, "Why are you still here? Oh, yeah. Go home. Like, <laughs> it's over." Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we you know we talked about the Washington Eagles game, and now we're talking about if OJ did it, and yeah, that's what the grease the pulls pot is. All right, that's what we all. <laughs> so we're gonna talk about sports, but we're also gonna talk about other things. Yeah, other things that are funny and or just tangentially related to sports like oj yeah you know almost stabby yeah i mean whatever the fuck we want to talk about honestly i mean (laughs) his our podcast so i'm gonna try and work an oj reference in to every episode from here on i think we probably uh, could we We easily could but it would take no i mean hey he gives hey you know he actually gives like pretty solid fantasy football advice (laughs) so and I'm, Everyone I'm go follow him at get him real on. OJ. I'm, <laughs> I'm willing to bet we could get him on as a guest. I, I, I'm not advising. No, we're getting. If well, we no, can get him, we're getting him. Yeah, exactly. That's that goes back to my point that I was saying earlier. Like, 
at a drop of a dime, if OJ Simpson wanted to come on our podcast, we would do it. Like, we would absolutely do it. If right? Vladimir Putin wants to come on, he can come on. Muammar Gaddafi from the grave, get him on. I don't care who it is. Yeah. If they right. want to come on the pod. I mean, any publicity is good publicity. I don't care what anyone says. Like, it always Damn right. Yeah. I mean, if OJ came on our pod, that's like, it's like front page news. That's from page. We're we're getting we're getting well, a yeah. retweet from Victor if OJ comes on our pod. So like that's, that's well, at that point we won't need Victor's retweet. We'll yeah, have we OJ's won't even need retweet. It, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have we have OJ's retweet. So we go from Victor Williams to OJ Simpson, the ultimate upgrade. That's a that's a yeah. I mean no no offense <laughs> no offense the to Victor. Upgrade. No offense no to Victor. Offense no offense to Victor, but. Yeah, I think OJ got a little bit more pull on social media. A little so. more clout. A little, a little, yeah, a little more. more clout. A little bit more. All right. Um, any final <laughs> thoughts here, guys, before we close out this fucking episode? You guys got I haven't things? had a single thought this whole episode. <laughs> yeah. I'm running on fumes. <laughs> running just, on empty. Yeah. Like, the lights are on, but no one's home. You know what I mean? That type mm-hmm. of deal. So... All right, everyone. Well, thank you for sticking with us, if you stuck with us. Um... You can find Grease the Polls on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your shows. You can follow us on Twitter at Grease Polls Pod. Uh, that's where we post all our stuff, um, post clips, the pod episode, what have you. And then thelibertyline.com, obviously. That's where we post all our content. So check that out. Boost our viewership. Help us get paid, please. For the love of God, Dear help God. us get paid. Please, I have, please I have show a Drew feed, and please. Vic that we have value. Please, yeah, for the God. love of God, I have a family to feed, guys. Seriously. <laughs> um, so if you could do that, that would be fucking awesome. Uh, but all right, guys. Seriously, thank you for listening. Have a good rest of your week. We'll see you back next week. And uh, in the meantime, go birds. Go birds. Go birds. <laughs>